0: Running away from people now. 20 10 and gone. Moniel, sixty-seven yard touchdown run.
1: I've got reporters' <laughs> notebooks older than Seth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Soaring through the air, high flying
1: Slovakian. Vati was always soft. Can't uh, win uh, uh, on the road, they say.
0: Davido pop pass end zone touchdown and the ball game. Davido in relief wins it for the orange This is Orange Nation, brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning, with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte, as we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. Just one guest lined up for you. We've got our good friend Stephen Bailey from Syracuse.com and The Post Standard, set to join us at one30 Signing day tomorrow. Used to be a bigger deal. Now there's the early signing period. So we already know most of SU's recruiting class. But Dino Babers will put the finishing touches on the 2020 recruiting class tomorrow. We'll get Stephen Bailey's thoughts on where things stand right now. Plus, your phone call is welcome at any time. 315-437-7644. So we've got a good 90 minutes to take your calls leading up to Stephen Bailey. And I do want to start, Seth, uh, by talking Syracuse basketball and I, I know where you stand with this team in regards to the NCAA tournament. That's a separate topic, and we can get into to NCAA tournament talk. But one of the the themes, I guess, from the locker room to come out of Saturday night, and I was in the locker room, and Mike Waters happened to be there, in there as well, and, and so I, I think we're on the same page with this because I saw Mike's article this morning and it talked about exactly what I wanted to start the show with today. So if Mike's listening, we're not hijacking your article. Um, we I think we had, you are. I think we that's had dis- exactly what you well, doing. Well, you and I had discussed this yesterday. That that's how we wanted to start the show today. And it's and it's with this that there is a that there is a feeling within that locker room that they're getting close right and we've seen the the narrative change over the course of the season they started 8 and 7 through 15 games worst start in Jim Boeheim's coaching career we know all that and the narrative back then was man this team's got a lot of problems they've got a lot to improve on there is a long way for this team to go and i think that over the course of the last several weeks we saw them go on that five game winning streak and and yeah they they stumbled last week against clemson and and, and duke but there is a feeling now that a lot of the problems have been solved. Not all the problems. A lot of the problems have been solved. They're playing better. They've evolved. There's chemistry. They're 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 playing together, and that they are close. And I was just curious to get your thoughts as we kind of start the show here. Do you buy that? I know that you you know you tend to think that this this season is uh, is going a certain direction. They're not making the NCAA tournament, and and I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think it's I think it's too early to. To put the nail in the coffin, I think they've got a lot of work to do. So I, I know where you stand with the tournament, but do you think this team is close? Close to what? Like close to close turning to, a
3: corner? Close to close, close to being a where, tournament team? Close to being where the, we think they will be hang ultimately? On. So this isn't like, about is about the tournament. It? No, okay, that's close. Fine.
2: Meaning, but, you know, you strive to get to a certain point where you are. You know, you feel like we are comfortable with where we are. Like we're a good team For, again tournament aside because no, I, I know, but because but, a lot of their resume you know was built up during a time where they were not ready no, and no, they no, were no. not and, playing well and,
3: and and that's not even what I, I I don't mean it in that way but like you you say uh you're at you're a good team' you're, you're comfortable with what the team is and and so what are we comfortable with what the team is yeah, are we comfortable? a tournament, a ca- okay. a tournament okay. caliber and, and that's, team that's what I meant that's what I meant Tournament resume caliber, aside not, exactly that, that's what I meant um are they close uh, they're certainly closer than they were a month ago. They're certainly closer than they were a month ago. I think they are significantly better than they were, you know, at the start of ACC play. I think that they are a better team. I still have so many questions about the defense. I mean, every big man that they faced this year has just absolutely shredded them, and I know that they've played a couple of really good ones, namely Vernon Carey and Luca Garza, who are both National Player of the Year candidates. I mean Luca Garza might win the National Player of the Year this year and Vernon Carey's going to be a first team All-American. And you know Omer Yurtseven is a good a, a good big man and you know John Mooney is an All-ACC big man. And, and so you've faced a lot of real good quality big men, but they've all torn you apart and some of them you know so, some of them haven't been that caliber and have torn you apart, you know. And, and so I think that that that, that Creates so many questions for me about this team. That creates a lot of uh, concern still about this team. Uh, however, I think that they're they're better offensively. I think that they are better defensively now than they were. Uh, earlier earlier in the season, and I think that they're more multifaceted offensively now than they were early. I think that they are more comfortable going to the rim now than they were early in the year. Buddy Bayheim has diversified his game to a point that it just wasn't at earlier this season, and I think that's good for the team. And, and Elijah Hughes and Marek Dolezal have grown as well.
2: I think they've come a long way. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I said that a lot of the problems have been addressed, not all of the problems, and, and I don't know how you address the big guy problem because it, it is an issue. We knew going into the season that it was going to be an issue that you didn't have the the big body down there. I did find it interesting the other night how, uh, you know, Jim Beheim said that every team has hurt them. Who's had a big guy, even not necessarily quality big guys. And, and he referred to like Mike, Mike Watkins at Penn state didn't refer to him by name. He just said, you know, that Penn state guy, that Oklahoma state guy, they've done nothing since we played them. You know, we made them look like all Americans essentially is what he said. Um, and he's not wrong, I mean they have they have struggled with anybody who's got some size and strength down low they have they have struggled this year, and that isn't something i I believe they can fix right I mean they're it's not like Marek or Barama can go put on forty pounds overnight no, and you can't add somebody right now right um so that so that is a problem, and I know you know people have have looked at at what they've got going on in Washington and say, man if only Isaiah Stewart was in a syracuse uniform this this season would be different of course I mean he's you know he's he's a lottery pick, and you wish you had a lottery pick. You know in in the the five spot for this team. That's not what they've got. So that you know they're 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 playing with the hand that they're dealt. I do think that they've solved a lot of the problems that are fixable. I'm not sure the big guy situation is fixable. Right,
3: and I and I think that's a really good way of saying it. Their improvement has come because of things they've done that they are able to fix, right? They're able to fix uh, certain defensive rotations. They are able to fix uh, what kind of offense they run they are not able to fix the personnel that they have you can try and put them in better positions to succeed but you can't fix that personnel and and that's ultimately the biggest problem with this team because it's college sports and not professional sports you cannot go find somebody in the middle of the season and fix your roster you know you you can't go trade for Mike Watkins the the way that the way that if if you're uh I don't know. Pick the team, uh, the 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 New York Knicks, and it's a bad example because they're terrible. But if you're the Knicks and you need a center, you go trade for a center. You know, you can't do that if you're Syracuse,
2: right? And I know that everybody's excited to see Jesse Edwards and what he can become. And we had this you know conversation a couple months ago. He's just not ready yet either. I mean, he's he's a freshman. He needs to put on some some weight and muscle and you know all of those guys need to do that but with the the things that they've been able to fix defensively i do think they're getting better defensively i mean they forced 19 turnovers against duke i think they're getting better defensively they're not getting better in the the middle of that zone but again it's it's a it's a tough ask especially when you go up against you know Vernon Carey the other night. He he looked like a lottery pick, and you know he he lived he is up to the lottery. Yeah, pick, yeah he's, yes. he's absolutely going to be a lottery pick. Um, offensively, I think they've improved. There was it was very much the live by the three, die by the three mentality at the beginning of the season. But we've talked about this that they've been able to get to the basket more, and that um, I think they've they've just evolved and grown as a team. And some of it is collective, and some of it is individual. You look at a guy like Quincy Garrier, who, uh, again. Has worked really hard to get to where he is now, and I know he's not a finished product. And Jim Bayham will point out he's still making mistakes on defense, but he gives you a certain physicality that you were lacking, a certain toughness that you were lacking, and and he's really come on strong. Um, Marek is, you know, Coach K said he he might be the most improved player in the conference, and he, you know, I'm not sure Coach K is wrong with that. No, I don't think he um, is. You know, he he's come along, buddy. You know, Joe's gotten better. Um, you know, again, Joe's floor game the other night didn't shoot it great, but. You know, he had seven assists, one turnover against one of the best on ball defenders in the country. So I I think individually they've continued to get better. Collectively they've gotten better. They're playing with a chemistry, they're playing with a toughness. That is one thing about this team is that they do not fold. I mean, they had every opportunity to fold against Duke, they did not. They had every opportunity to fold when they were eight and seven. Right, I mean, not even in the middle of a game, but just they sure. had an opportunity for the season to fold, and they didn't do that. They fought back. So, but, but I do, so, thi- I do think that there is a lot to like about this team. I do think, at the same time, I say that they have limitations, and we know what those limitations are. But I do think that they are getting closer to to what their ceiling for this season is.
3: Right, and and I guess it it ultimately, and, and you kind of hit on what I was going to ask you there. It ultimately depends on what the answer to that last part is what are they getting closer to you know and, and I'll, I'll still go back to that like are are we saying what they they are closer to a tournament caliber team okay um you know re- again resume aside like talent on the floor the way they play they are closer to a tournament team okay sure they are closer to their ceiling now are those different things like i think that those might be different things you know is, is it possible and, and and call me crazy is it possible that the ceiling for this team is you're on the bubble? Is, is uh, it possible that given what this team is, given the talent that is there, given the problem in the middle of the defense, given all of these things, is it possible that the ceiling for this team is bubble? And but, that you are you are eking out going to the tournament if everything went well for you this year?
2: All right, so as you were asking that question, before you, you brought up that last question about the bubble, you said, what is the ceiling? To me the ceiling is this is an NCAA tournament team. Um because I'll go back to the beginning of the season. If if this was the team that we saw go down to the Barclays Center for instance, um or this was the team that took on Iowa at home or this was the team that played at Georgetown, do I think they lose all of those games? I don't. I you know, I don't I don't think that they're, you know, Oklahoma State has turned out to be very mediocre. Yes. Um I think Syracuse had a neutral site like this Syracuse team, I think they're beating that mediocre Oklahoma State team. But what was the difference is that, you know, Oklahoma State was more physical. Syracuse wasn't ready for it. I mean, we saw that and and you know, both teams are young and I know some people hate that that youth excuse, quote unquote, but Syracuse was younger than Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State was more physical and Syracuse didn't handle it well. They lost the game by double digits. They, you know, lost the following night. They got absolutely, you know, crushed on the glass against Penn State. They were they were not ready for those games. Um, if this was the team that played, you know, if I was on the schedule next week or Georgetown was on the schedule next week, or Oklahoma State, Penn State, and, and I realize Penn State and Iowa were both in the top twenty five, but I do think that that they would at least win a, a you know a game or two of of that yeah, four I, game stretch? I would I would imagine they would win two of those four Probably, or five right. rather and than now the all one of a sudden that they did. The resume yeah. looks different, right? The resume looks different. Um I, I'll also say this. We you know, we discussed going into the Duke game. I, I said this going into the Duke game. I said Syracuse doesn't have to play its A plus performance to to beat the Blue Devils. how would you grade Syracuse on Saturday? A B at best? There was their B game at, at best, at best yeah. right? So it, they they were a B at best, and they were within a couple of possessions late in that game. There and 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 again, I, I didn't think Duke played its best game. I thought Duke played better than Syracuse, though. You know, if if SU was a B, Duke maybe was a B plus, and it was a a couple possession game down the stretch. So, you know, if Syracuse had played its A game. They're probably beating Duke. Think about that for a second. So so when we talk about the ceiling. If the ceiling is they can beat Duke at home, um, I think you're an NCAA tournament team. Um, Not necessarily even a bubble team, but they got to live with the resume that they've compiled to this point. And it does, you know, it used to be the tournament put so much stock in the last 10 games, and we know that's not the case anymore. So even if they were to get super hot, you know, these last 10 games, you still have to take into account. What they did early in the season and that eight and seven start. It's a shame because they dug themselves a hole. Now they got to dig themselves out of it. But I do think that they are close to being, you know, you I think, think they're, they're close their, their,
3: to their ceiling, ceiling. ceiling is a, their ceiling is an NCAA tournament team. Okay, and you, and you think they're close to their ceiling? And, uh, I think they're getting, and, yeah, I think they're I, pretty and, close. And I certainly think that they are closer to their ceiling now than they were, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago. I, I certainly do. I, I don't know that they're very close to their ceiling because I I or. I don't know that they are very close to that tournament-caliber team because of the defensive questions. Like... There were times in that game where they played well defensively. There were times in that game, and we talked to Jerry McNamara about this last night out at the Wildcat, where they did exactly what they wanted to do against Vernon Carey, and he just went through people. And that's, and that's because of the, partially because of Vernon Carey. Let's, right, I was going some not, of it is he's an NBA right, lottery pick. Right, let's, let's not twist that in any way, shape, or form. Part of that is because Vernon Carey is incredibly talented. Part of it is also because you're throwing guys at him that just aren't big that just don't have that that size that don't have that you know that frame and you're able to turn and go through is, them. You're is the, able to go up over them.
2: Is the better example, Clemson when Tevin Mack just kind of did what he wanted to do? Because Tevin Mack is not an NBA lottery pick, sure. and he was able to do what he wanted to do. And and some of that is, you know, they wanted Barama to get up a little closer and make life difficult for him in the high post. And Tevin Mack is, you know, making 15-footer after 15-footer and getting to the basket and drawing fouls. And, and, and that might be the better example because Tevin Mack is not Vernon Carey, and, and he was still able to do whatever he wanted to do in that game.
3: Yeah, I mean I think that is the better example. And and he, you know, when when a guy like Tevin Mack, and that's the confu- those are the confusing ones, right? It's not confusing when John Mooney has a good game against you. It's not confusing when Vernon Carey or or Luka Garza has a good game against you. And remember, we came out of that Iowa game and we were like Luka Garza didn't even play all that well for a half. You know, he didn't play all that well the entire game. And you know, you you look at those kind of games and and those kinds of players and you say, "All right, they they should play well." against this Syracuse team. They should play well against anybody, but you know, a guy like Tevin Mack, he goes and puts up 32 and and what? 10, 32 and 8 like he did last week uh, down in Clemson, and those are the those are the those are the ones that make me really shake my head. Those are the ones that really make me Confused about where this team is as far as their quote unquote ceiling. Because if you're not stopping a guy like that, who are you stopping? You know, if you're not stopping a Mike Watkins who hasn't done much of anything since Syracuse played Penn State, who are you stopping? Right. You know, and I, I just, I don't
2: know. And my response know. to you would be that even though Tevin Mack went off for 32 points and did whatever he wanted to do, Syracuse is, is a roll from winning that game. Sure. If, if Elijah Hughes' shot goes in, they're winning the game. He misses. He's on the ground. It's a five-on-four back the other way. You know, Clemson made a great play, and and they're able to pull the game out by one. If Elijah's shot rolls in, Syracuse wins the game, even though Tevin Mack went for 32 points. So I guess that that's my point, is that when we say, what's their ceiling? Do I think that this is a top-25 team? No, I don't. Um, and they, they do have their limitations. But are they a team that... Again, if this team had started the year like, and, and I realize you can't do that, but if if they had built up this experience and this chemistry and they'd come together like this, you know, back in November, I think we're talking about a team that's that's going to the NCAA tournament. They weren't ready. It took them, and Jim Behan predicted it was going to take twelve to fifteen games or whatever it was to come together. It took them fifteen games, and then they go eight and seven, and then right after that they go on that winning streak, and now they, they've. They've put themselves in position to get to the bubble, but based on their early resume, it, it, they're facing an uphill battle.
3: Yeah, I, I think you're right in in that regard. If if this team, if this team was the the team that came out of the gates, you know, if they were at this point, um, they probably they won one out of those five games. Remember, we were talking about that five game stretch two in Brooklyn, uh, Iowa, Georgetown, and Georgia Tech. They only beat Georgia Tech. If they had had, you know, the team at the point where they are at, maybe they are able to win two or three of them. I, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe you're able to beat uh, an, an Oklahoma State who's proven not to be all that good. Uh, maybe you're able to beat them on a on a neutral floor, and that changes the way that you're. Uh, that changes the way that your resume looks at, at the end of the year. Um, again, is that enough? Is, is 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 not losing to Oklahoma State enough to get you into the tournament? I don't know, but your your resume looks a
2: whole lot different probably. three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. 7644 if you'd like to check in. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Pat in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Pat.
0: Steve, whatever you're making, um, you need to be compensated more heavily for your poise and patience with Seth yesterday. I, I listened to the podcast. I couldn't listen to it live, (laughs) and I'm kind of glad I didn't listen to it live because I had a lot of stuff to get done at work, and I would have been forced to call in. Um, Neither one of you is necessarily right or wrong, and that's the beauty of it, but just the definite nonsense. I mean, look, whoever makes the semifinals of the ACC tournament, I guarantee you that team makes the tournament. So for anybody to say three teams is a lot, no. Whoever is in the semifinals, that fourth team, unless it's Boston College or Wake Forest, they're going to make the tournament. And, Seth, I'll bet you whatever you want to bet, I've had a good track record with your predecessors like Chris McManus losing bets. And I also bet your boy Brent and Matt Park and and, um, Danny Baldwin and everybody else two years ago when Danny Baldwin was foolish enough to say we weren't even on the bubble and we made the tournament. So... Seth, I do think you do the work. I do think you are informed, but I also think you're a little bit negative. Um, there's a lot of garbage teams that have really bad losses. We don't have a really bad loss, and we have a lot of road wins. So that almost equals a marquee victory. We need to get we need to get um, one marquee victory, and I don't even care if it's not in the regular season, then we're forced to get in the, in the ACC tournament. I, I don't even want to talk about the bubble right now. I want to talk about my conversation with Dievendorf after the game because look, everybody's missing the whole picture here. Part of interior defense is you are trying to stop the offense from getting the ball inside. What's the only way you can get the ball inside? Where does the ball come from?
2: Yeah, you're you're, you're going to refer to the guards and it. Listen, it's I think they're getting better, and I know where you're going with this. No, no, no,
0: Steve. Steve yeah, work with
2: me on this for a minute.
0: Where does the ball come from? It comes from the perimeter. Right. So if it comes from the perimeter, you talk to Buzz or any of the guys who have had real trouble over the last 20 years with the zone, a good zone has the length up front. So I think it's comical. I think it's comical that this that, that we haven't at least seen it for five or ten minutes. I mean, don't you want to see what Buddy and Hughes can do up front? I mean, Joe Girard is not a 35-minute guy. And, and for us to catapult him in that – if you put Bryson to die in 35 minutes, he would be as productive on both ends of the floor as Joe. I, I know that Joe has the poise, the moxie. He's taken that big shot. But we have done a very poor job of developing Bryson and a very poor job of developing Quincy. And it's because we were so far behind. Um, it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault because we might have lost more games than we could afford to lose. And I get all that, blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is, if you put that lineup in there, and that's Buddy and Hughes up front, you're, you're, you're as big as you're going to be up front. And then you have Doge on one side, who can be your point forward, by the way, so you don't have to worry about Hughes doing all the work on offense. And then you have Sidibe and Quincy. That's a pretty good lineup for rebounding. So, Seth, I don't appreciate you dismissing this for two months and then having a guy who knows a lot more about basketball than me or you tell me, and then you dismiss him, too. Well, no, so what's and hold, to hold on.
3: Pat, I will I will say what I said the other time. I think that makes you a lot worse offensively. I, I think that makes no, you a doesn't. lot worse offensively. No, on- how do you because know? How do you say no? You it store. doesn't. Pat, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you say no? It doesn't. Store, Pat, hold on, Pat, ball. Pat, Pat. How do you say no? It doesn't. Joe Girard is one of your three best offensive players, right? Yes or no?
0: He doesn't know how to run the offense. I would rather have the ball in Hughes' hands any day and twice on Sunday. So, so I don't agree with you on that. And neither did Evendorf and neither did the 25 guys that I talk about this all week long who know more about basketball than you as well. But the point is not that. The point is this. In order to score you have to get the ball. On um, you have to you have to either be able to get the ball after you miss and get rebounds, which I think that lineup could do a lot better job of that and you need to be able to get the ball from defense and get it to offense. So, no, we would not be worse at all offensively and I completely disagree with that. I think that's I think that's Laughable that you say that. Laughable.
3: All right. I mean I think you're wrong because I think Barama's an absolute non factor offensively, and I think for the majority of the year, Quincy's been a non factor offensively. Quincy's gotten a handful of buckets. I don't think he's not a player that can make a play. Whereas Joe Might You know, I'm not saying Joe's a great offensive player right now. He certainly has his problems, but he can maybe make a play. He can maybe make something happen. And I think that you want that on the floor more often than not. There are three players on this team. Steve, how many times have we talked about this? There are three players on this team that can go get hot in an instant and get you right back in a game when you're not in it. It's Elijah Hughes, it's Buddy Bayheim, it's Joe Girard. And I want those three guys on the floor more, eff- more often than I don't. And yes, having Quincy and Marek as your forwards would make your team a lot better. On rebounding. And I would never deny that. And you know what? Next year, I think that'll be a hell of a lineup. But not this year. I think that you need somebody on the floor this year who can play better offense for you. And when Quincy is better offensively, and when Marek is consistently at that level offensively, great, make them your two forwards. But they're not there right now.
2: They're not. The the part of that, that phone call that 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 I would take issue with, and, and I know Pat's not on with this anymore, but... The the notion that I believe he said I don't want to put words in his mouth, but did he say Joe doesn't run the offense, doesn't yes. know the offense? And that and that Bryson would be just as productive if he got I the same I don't think minutes. Bryson would I, be
3: just as productive. And I like Bryson, and I so think do he's do gonna I. do some I think he's gonna be a really big factor on next year's team.
2: And, and I do think that there's something to be said for Bryson defensively. He is long, he is athletic. I do think he could do some good things in the zone. But on the other end of the court, to say that he would be just as productive offensively, I I I don't think that that is fair uh to Joe. And again, you you look at the numbers and I realize that the minutes are out of whack, but you know, what what do you want your point guard to have assist to turnover ratio? At least two to one. At least two to one. At least two to one. He he's got eighty-one assists, he's got forty turnovers. Bryson Goodine in minutes against mostly backups. Has fourteen turnovers and nine assists. He's got more turnovers than assists. And again, I realize that the minutes are not the same. But to suggest that Bryson could come in as a true freshman and do what Joe is doing and be just as productive in, in as many minutes, I, I don't think that that's fair. Um, Joe is a better offensive player, and again, we've seen that. I mean, Bryson came in; he didn't hit a, a three pointer for you know the first twenty games of the season or whatever it was. Um, so I, I, I. And by the way, as I soon as on, yeah. on
3: the post game, as soon as I mentioned to. Eric that the plan that was laid out is after he said, Yeah, sure, put you know, the two forwards that, that would make you better defensively. I said, Yeah, but that would mean taking Joe off the floor and he was like, Oh yeah, you probably don't want to do that.
2: Right. From an offensive perspective, I mean Joe was the better offensive player. I don't think there's any doubt about that, or at least this stage. You know, can Bryson develop and turn into that? And I think that was part of Pat's point, was that you know, we haven't seen um you know, Bryson develop, or you know Jesse Edwards develop, or whatever the case may be, because the the rotation got you know short pretty quickly because this team needed to win games. Um, you want Joe on the floor a lot, and I, you know I I don't buy that comment that that Bryson would be just as productive. I do think that they struggle obviously uh, with perimeter defense. I do think they're getting better, and and Pat's not wrong about you know the fact that. Some of that, you know, with with the high post touches and whatnot, some of that is because of the guards. Like, sure I mean, is. that is right. I mean, it's it's a zone defense. It's very much a team defense. Man to man is for that for that matter as well. I mean, there's help help defense and, and so on and so forth. So he's not wrong about that. Um, I just don't know if the solution is play Bryson more. Um, you know, I I'm intrigued by Elijah at the two guard as well. In that, you know. Well, I guess he wouldn't even be the two guard. He would be the point in that situation. But we, you know, we saw it at the end of the Virginia Tech game. It does give you length. It does give you size up front. But to your point, Seth, it it does hurt you on the offensive end of the court. You've only on a team that you've got
3: limited options offensively. You can't. I, I don't think you can afford to take one of them off the floor. You've got. Elijah Hughes, who you feel confident that they're gonna, he's gonna score every game. You have Buddy Beheim, who you feel relatively confident is gonna score every game, and then you've got Joe Girard and Marek Dolajai in some order. And those are the four guys that you feel even somewhat good about offensively. And that's it. Like that's it. Like I, I don't see how. Like I, I just I can't, I can't think that you are putting yourself in a better position taking one of them off the floor.
2: Joe's averaging twelve points per game and has assisted turnover ratio of two to one as a true and freshman. And I know he's not. And he's I know he's not good defensively. Threes. I I don't think Bryson's doing that. I, I don't. Even if they had the same amount of minutes, and and Bryson may turn into a great player. And I I do like his potential and his size up top. And but. Joe is the better option right now. Yeah. And, I, I um, and, you, Bryson, and you take the good with the bad, obviously.
3: And I think Bryson when he's played recently has been really good defensively. Really good. But again, he's just he's not giving you anything offensively. And we've seen when Howard Washington's on the floor, like when you can just ignore him on offense. You know, when you, when you can just say, fine, we'll double off of you and go play uh, against Elijah Hughes, it, it makes it so much easier.
2: Joe did have four steals the other day against Duke. He's got uh, 40 on the season, second on the team in that category. I do think he's getting better. I do think collectively they're getting better. Um, there's no easy solution, there's no easy fix to the fact that they they don't have a big guy that can go up against quality big guys, um, and again, th- this team has limitations. We know, J- you know, Joe is not six six. Um, that is something that that they're going to continue to have to deal with. But I, I don't think that you know Bryson is is necessarily the answer, or you know Joe only playing twenty five minutes. I I like his productivity. I like the fact that he had seven assists to one turnover against Duke. Um, And he is a guy that can go off at any time. We desperately need to take a break. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio.
0: On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on
2: Orange Nation. All right, before we get to today's business, uh, let's get a quick phone call in. Wayne in the truck uh, is on with us here on North Station. Hey, Wayne.
0: Hey, hey. you know, you guys, it sounds like uh, Brahma's getting railed on, and and I feel bad for the kid. He, he injured his knee his freshman year. He doesn't have the same lateral quickness or the same explosion that he had. Let's also remember, Torian Thompson should be a senior right now. He's doing the best he can, and, and I know he's not. The answer, but uh, it's not his fault either.
2: Yeah, right. And and I, I appreciate you checking in, Wayne. And and I think you know, you know, Brendan and Manlius, for instance. I think he was as nice as, as possible. He said it's nothing against Barama, and he does work hard. It's he is what he is, though. And I, I think it's fair to say when you look at strengths and weaknesses of this team, I think it's fair to say that the the weakness. Of this team right now is in in the five spot.
3: Yeah, it's the center. I, I mean, the the center is the weak part of the team, no doubt. So, so Wayne, you're
2: absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it's nothing against- the kid works hard, right. and you know he he's gone through a lot, and he's dealt with injuries, and that is absolutely right. But he is kind of you know he is what he is, and he's he's not really able to to bang with Vernon Carey and John Mooney and, and so on and so forth. Mike Watkins, not too many are.
1: Do the knees though, and I don't like what this conversation might get us to, but do, is the knee tendonitis an excuse for the lack of strength? Because um, it's not the explosiveness that, that Brahma Sidibe, that's hurting Syracuse; it's the strength.
2: But again, you wonder if he would have developed quicker, okay. better. You know, I I don't know if okay. he would be. Two sixty right now, and Maybe. you know, built like uh, Adonis. But he, you know, he would he be quicker? Would he be able to provide more offensively? Would he, in the weight room rather than rehabbing the knees. You know, and, and some of defense Dreaming too. The some of the defense too. Tommy is getting out on shooters, and and th-
1: there is quickness involved. He gets to the corner, fine. Though that's also not one of his weaknesses. He does get to the corner fine. I, I don't know. I, I wonder what. Maybe he, the rebounding. The rebounding is an issue. And I guess the knees Like, I with wonder that. what
2: Daywon Coleman would have been if he didn't get yeah, hurt. Okay. Um, you know, I wonder what Barama would have been if, if he didn't have knee issues, you know. But he did. And, and it, it's not his fault. And he is a good kid. So this isn't about. Um, you know, we're not trying to crush him. Certainly, I think it's it's one of those things that, as you look at what this team needs to improve on, that's something they need to improve on.
3: All right, let's let's get to today's business. I really, really want to hear about this. Tommy's dying to, this is what we've to, been to talk, right. uh, so go I, ahead, Tommy. I really want to hear about this because I I asked before there, we had like a, a an office party last 30th night. anniversary party. Yes, and uh, so I couldn't go because I had the GMAC show. Uh, and I I wasn't sure who else was going. Like I I, I had no idea like who was going to be there from our station. Uh, but apparently you guys both made it for part yes. of the celebration. Yes. Okay. Ha- I, I went I after this. the I six o'clock hear. show.
2: Steve I showed
1: up late. I, well, was there. I had to do the news, and <laughs> of then I, he I, came, up I came. I came over right Whatever. after that. <laughs> I guess that that counts. But fine. We played Papa Shot, and this was just a little warm up for our one on one game. Fontre, he he should have won. If, with the nickname Infantre, you should have won. He, would, he beat me best two out of three. Now, here's the thing. Hang on. It Wait. was the warm-up game. Get out of here with Hang the warm-up game nonsense. I trust you, to, I trust you in that game. Wait a game. second. Okay, you say a piece, game. and then I will set the I record straight because I can,
2: I can already tell we, we've got some misinformation no. here. Alternative facts? One yes. of
1: the most blatant, but I was unbelievably impressed by how you pulled off this cheat job. Steve paid a kid to come up before we started to play Grab one of the basketballs on my side and chuck it up above the machine. It gets stuck above the machine in between. We both just like look at the kid. We look at each other like I don't know what just happened. Kid just unbelievable. Was it Steve's kid? Was it his? Okay, I believe Steve paid this kid to take one of them so he could get off to an advantage. And hats off,
3: Steve. That was unbelievable, (laughs) unbelievable. So why didn't you go to another machine? Or were there only two? Only two. two. Okay, Okay. So I'm playing with four. Steve's got five. Why didn't for, you just take one out of Steve's
1: machine? No, I wanted to play fair and square. I, yeah, fair kid, and square would have been evening on, it up. He stole my ball, I th- the, kid my ball, so I was ready to roll with it.
2: The answer to your question, Seth, is that he wanted a built-in excuse of no. for if and when I beat him, well, and that's exactly what happened. Absolutely not. Of course he did.
1: Also, another thing that needs to be noted, Steve's side of the machine, the basketball hoop did not move. Usually in Papa Shot, the hoop moves side to side. Mine moved side to side. Steve's didn't move one bit, not one bit. So we start the game? First game, crush him. Warm up game, whatever. You did get out not of here. Crush, crush you, fifty five like thirty six. Destroyed you. Second game. <laughs> that did not happen. Second what was this on? It about? was what like fifty five thirty six. Okay, I crushed him. He was in the thirties. I was in the fifties.
2: I know that. <laughs> it was a warm up game. Number warm up one. Game, see, <laughs> I said let's just warm yeah. up first. You said fine. Said and then fine, I said okay, whatever. this is for real. And then we did it for real, and I beat you twice.
1: <laughs> next two 6660 was the second game again let me point out i had four balls he had five let's do the math here seth if i had 60 points every single one of my balls is worth what
3: 15 thank
1: you 15 points if i had five balls i would have won 75 60. you, had, you have five heads hold
3: you on have five five not, arms that's not accurate that's not accurate i get the numbers to back it up what do you mean <laughs> you have five Eight- arms
2: you needed five balls? <laughs> this I, seems There were like, many times when now we I played where I had to wait for a ball to come down. Now, Set, I know,
3: now, I don't know because I didn't grow up in New York, so I can only go off of comments I've seen, but this sounds like some common core math.
1: Yes, this is easy math. I would have won 75-66. Next game. Fine. You beat me 78-64. Seth, do the math on that Set one. Set the record on the machine. Divided okay. 64. 64 divided by 4. 16. I would have beat you 80-78. to 78. Okay, I would have beat you both times if you All didn't right. pay this I'm little a, kid to come
2: up and chuck the ball to look, the other I side. I don't, I don't it, need to hear it was Steve's side under, of this.
3: I, I think Steve won. Yes, <laughs> I,
2: I Steve won. Steve, Steve, Steve set a record <laughs> on the machine, and, and you lost both games we played. It wasn't best two Not out of three. Not fair and yeah. square, though. If you're okay with... If you had any sort of integrity, you would not accept
1: those wins because those cl- very clearly, with what I just pointed out, are not fair and square wins. Yeah. He, what
3: you're he saying has, is Steve talks a big inte- game about yep. Astros cheating, but then uh, when it comes to his of own?
2: integrity, Steve. So, just real quick, because I know we have to get to Stephen Bailey. Yes, a, a random kid walked over and chucked one of the balls. and <laughs> It and, was outrageous. It got, so, so that did happen. Just stuck on the top <laughs> of the no, I believe.
3: I
1: believe I that had, had no idea was.
2: Hang on. So... You paid him. So Tommy said, that's fine. I'll take the one with four balls. And no, he that knew- was just
1: the one I was on. I didn't accept that. I was just standing. Ki- we were standing the machine. The kid came out of nowhere, <laughs> okay. grabbed one, and chucked it up. I had no option.
2: And then I even said, do you want to switch machines? Because nope. he was complaining about how my basket didn't I have move. Pride. And he said, no, I'm fine. I have pride. This is a case of he wanted a built-in I excuse. Say, no, I have pride. I, I do this with my kids when we play video games, and I take the bad controller or the <laughs> team that's not as good. And then if I lose, I say, well, I wasn't as good as you. I have pride. We desperately. Need we to do. take a timeout. <laughs> Stephen Bailey's coming up next.